Hey, welcome back to yet another episode of the Terry Summers podcast. And as I sit in front of this microphone right now, I have much gratitude in my heart. One, because the temperatures are coming down. Two, because I have this time to spend with you. I'm going to introduce you today in concept initially to It's Me Eunice. Who? <laughs> Well, I'm not putting the sweaters on yet, but the air conditioner doesn't run as frequently. So if that says anything, I guess this is fall, y'all. It seems to be that the temperatures are now going to stay below 100. We'll wait and see. I'm always a little bit pessimistic about that. But I know that as long as I have been here, somewhere in the month of October, it dips below 100 and then decides to stay. It might be hanging at 99 or 99.9, but it usually is somewhere in the month of October. But this has been an unusually hot year, so we'll we'll just have to hold our breath on that one. But I am right now, this very minute, quite grateful and excited that the temperatures have dropped I'm also very reflective these past few days because of, I don't know, just sitting and listening to a lot of news and blah, 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 blah. I don't mean to say that disrespectfully because this is a um, really a serious time that our country is in and has been in uh, with the pandemic pandemic and uh, the political scene and it's just a lot it's a lot that I'm pretty sturdy um, physically yeah but also emotionally um, but I guess I've noticed you know just my thinking going to more contemplative places um, well that's kind of a lie because I'm always contemplative um, going to corners of my contemplation that I don't typically visit as frequently, but I, I had this overwhelming feeling of mm, kind of sadness, truthfully, grief, maybe when I saw, when Facebook told me that I had, I don't remember how many it was, X amount of likes for, um, the Eunice Unites or It's Me Eunice page that I have on Facebook. I, I don't know whether or not you recall me talking about Eunice, but, and I probably didn't spend much time, but Eunice is um, like a family member. She's a character that I have been doing for a very long time. And Eunice um, took on a life of her own in a different way uh, in 2016. And I'll tell you about a little bit more about that in a minute, but Eunice came to be, I was part of a, um, not really improvisational. I don't think that's fair to say that because we actually sketched. It was a sketch comedy group, a sketch comedy group when I was in um, high school. I was 15. I went to a very large church for its time. It was ahead of the curve. It was a mega church, but we didn't really know it was a mega church. It was just a big church, but 
they loved the arts and they did a lot of things in and around them. And they also loved students. Um, and I was, of course, involved in part of that. Not of course, I just was. Our whole family attended that church. And the um, youth pastor slash minister approached me. They were going to be putting together this thing again ahead of their time called Thursday night and you guessed it it occurred on Thursday night and it was going to invite and pull from the surrounding high schools in the area our church happened to be centrally located in Pomona California and there were just a lot of high schools around I want to say there was like nine really close relatively speaking to the church but uh, this effort was to introduce church to teenagers in a way that was just not, um, your typical churchy, no offense thing. And it was kind of a spinoff or a takeoff, um, imitating a little bit Saturday Night Live. And it was launched uh one fall and there were teams that the students would be divided into i believe initially it started with colors i don't know it might have gone a different route but all that to say is they planned and organized this thing and it ran beautifully it was so cool there was a competition phase and uh physical athletic um, skill passing the baton kind of all game oriented time at the beginning. Um, and then, uh, the students after kind of, you know, getting sweaty and having fun and kicking around, the students would enter into the gymnasium, which was turned into kind of like a set for Saturday Night Live. It had a band and, um, multimedia and a stage where sketches would happen. And well, the youth pastor, um, I guess just knowing my, who I was, um, I was, I was only 15. So, but asked me if I would like to be the leader of that sketch comedy troupe. And what would happen is they would give us topics and we would write sketches and it would all tie in and fit in with the music. And um, I, I don't know that I mentioned that there were upwards and greater than 400 students showing up on an evening on a Thursday night. It was crazy. It was super cool though. And very encouraging messages and re a really hot band. The band was really good using some college people and beyond and, um, had folks that were actually in that business doing media. Um, it was outside of Los Angeles, so it was easy to pull for those things. But anyway, all of that to say, there was a time, a, a, a topic, or I think it might've been peer pressure or something to do with, um, what our peers think of us. And, uh, I came up with this character along with a friend of mine, and we both chose to do awkward misfits. So that we could have a lot of fun at our own expense, but also sort of break that thing because everybody was 
subject to this kind of treatment in school, whether you were bullied or whether you worried about yourself or fitting in or having a, a niche and avoiding clicks and blah, blah, blah. Kind of a generic topic, but we tried to approach it with some creativity. Anyway, that uh, episode or that sketch went, I would say viral when there wasn't any way for that to happen. But I mean, within the, the community that we had created. And so we repeated Eunice and Hecuba and had recurring, um, uh, sketches with, with those two. And I played Eunice and my friend Lori McCullough played Hecuba. Well, as time went on, uh, you know, Lori had a life, uh, graduated high school and went on and I graduated high school and went on. But um, Eunice continued with me. I had invitations for Eunice to show up and I'm sure Lori would have too, but she went on into careers and family and blah, blah, blah. But uh, I continued to use Eunice to speak in certain venues Um and then found myself traveling across the country. Some of them were church situations, faith-based organizations, camps. Some of them were not. Some of them were colleges that I spoke in, that I used just my own person as an inspirational storytelling and would insert something from Eunice. And this has been going on since I was 15, which, you know, a good six years or so. I hope there's lots of laughter out there for that. Fast forward to 2016. And we and mind you, I always got letters of how Eunice had affected someone's life following a camp, notes, letters, um, eventually emails, stories that followed people running into me in the valley here and saying oh you play Eunice or had seen me in something or whatever Eunice um just you know I can't take credit for her she is unique no pun intended and I I, I know that she came from my mind and my creativity but I feel like she was a gift to me. Um, she is completely a misfit and exaggeratedly so. She actually had an origin in truth in um, my high school years. I was so gung-ho over high school. I loved high school. From the moment I landed as a freshman, I probably was moderately annoying to some, but I think most enjoyed me. But I was super friendly, very outgoing, um, even though I'm quite shy. I just made a decision that this was going to be a four-year process I was going to make the best of and really enjoy it. Well, in my freshman year, um, I just did crazy stuff. You know, I mean, I just stood on benches in the quad area. Some of you don't, like I have a lot of people say, what's well, a quad? But, um, you know, the area where everyone hangs out between classes and it's outside. At least we had one growing up in Southern California. 
But I would just do crazy stuff. And there was a thing that I used to do that my cousins used to tease me or to, or, or not tease me, uh, to challenge me, to dare me. Oh, d- d- double dares were, you really didn't even need to go to a double dare with me. It was just a dare. You barely could just get out the d. I d. And I was ready. Um, but I, there was something called a fish flop where you, um, lay on your back and you use the muscles. And I apparently was fit enough to do this. You use the muscles in your abdomen, keep your hands down by your side, like the rest of your body's dead. And you throw your body over one shoulder. So it, you end up on your abdomen, um, face down opposite of where you were when you flopped. Thus the fish flop. And then you would go back the other way. And my, uh, when I (laughs) learned how to do it, my, I showed my cousins and, uh, Sandra and Tammy and Sandra would, if Sandra laughed at me, it was kind of like crack. I just couldn't get enough of it. And she would laugh and then say, um, do it again. Okay. So, But often when I was dared to do it, I was in places out in public, you know, at a mall next to a fountain at the Montclair Plaza or so um, I often was dared to do the fish flop. Well, I would do the fish flop at school. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people thought, "Is, is it an epileptic seizure that this young freshman is having? But, um, all of that to say, I just did a lot of stuff. I remember one day this, I'm getting back to Eunice. I remember one day that, um, there was a a girl, her name is, I'm pretty sure her name was Chris and Chris dressed, um, differently and stood by, oh God, choked up all of a sudden, (laughs) stood by a tree by herself for lunches and breaks and you know there were people who were kind to her and spoke to her but for the most part she was ignored and she was alone and I always spoke to Chris and that's not patting myself on the back that's just kind of what I did and what I do still do but there was a day so so um she would tie her sweater around her waist really high and uh there was a day we were they would say the pledge of allegiance and um if you were before school started and if you're standing in the quad area you know you're supposed to stop and kind of hang out for a minute just a second have a sip of coffee and um I just tied my sweater around my waist I wasn't really thinking (laughs) go figure Uh, but it was more about in the moment and a laugh. I wasn't really thinking about making fun of Chris, but I stood up on a uh, bench and I tied my, um, hat with my sweater or jacket or whatever around my waist. And, um, I, I'm getting text messages, sorry. And I, uh, saying, following the Pledge of Allegiance, um, the national anthem. 
and poorly, you know, I mean, I wasn't really trying to be pretty, but I mean, I was respectful still, totally respectful, uh, not a Roseanne Barr moment necessarily, but, um, but I know that somewhere in the middle of the song, I knew that the people were laughing at me, uh, not because I was singing the national anthem or that I was drawing attention to myself. I think there was a connection made that I was in part, uh, looking to be reminiscent of Chris and it took the wind out of my sails towards the end of the, um, the song and I just remember getting hot in my face and uh, feeling funny. And then I had this really kind, this white blouse on with ruffles and it was made out of like a really thin material and it served me right to the buttons came undone. So like my bra was showing and, but, um, so I, I, I jumped down off of the, um, the bench and just tried to, you know, bring it to a close. But out of the corner of my eye, I saw Chris. And she was looking at me and she had like, um, a smirk kind of smile. It was soft. And, um, this was before school. So I, I made a note of it. We had before the bell rang to go to your class. I made a, a, this, this note of it, the feeling that I had inside of me. And I was just kind of disappointed in myself. It was not me typically. However, I'm so grateful for that moment because it did something in me that changed um, the course of a lot of how I think, but also it provided an opportunity for me that I didn't know would go on for years and years and years and years and years. Um, folks, you know, I'm a smidge long in the tooth. And if I was 15 when I created Eunice, Eunice was that, that character that really came to life from this incident with Chris. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So lunchtime came and Chris is back underneath the tree and she carried a lunch box to high school. And, um, I know that sometimes popular people would be silly and they would bring a lunchbox but it was like a cute lunchbox and Chris's was rough you know rough around the edges but she'd finished her lunch and she was just leaning against the tree she wasn't even sitting down and I had to go over to her and I said Chris I know that you you know looked at me and I saw you this morning and she interrupted me she goes I, I know it was funny and I go well I didn't I just I wasn't trying to make that connection. She goes, it's okay. It's okay. And she like comforted me and she saw herself in the humor, but she also knew this is something that just happens to her day after day, after day, after day. And I was just sick. There was no lunch for me that day. I just was nervous inside and felt like I wasn't myself. And I, and I, and I wasn't, I let something having to do with peer pressure, having to do with pleasing, having to do with my own personal needs, take a knock at somebody else. Anyway, so I had this opportunity then 
with this sketch comedy group to create this character. And then, as I said, I went on to do her for years and get got invited to speak across the country all the time with Eunice as being sort of the um, the the package or the at least a featured part of the package. So as I said a long time ago here now, fast forward to 2016, that's called I Digress. So 2016, I was awaiting some news from my show. I'd been pitching following the Oprah Winfrey um, experience, and it was all a very big, exciting time for me. But one thing after the other caused a delay after a delay after a delay. And I was lamenting to my friend, Alan Pruitt, um, saying, you know, let's partner on something. Will you do something with me? And, um, will you maybe take a look at my stuff? Maybe there's a one woman show I can pull together with some of my comedy. And, um, he, uh, I sent him some things and then about a day or so later he called me and he said, can you, can you tell me more about this character Eunice? And I was like, sure. Well, as I started to share, he said, Terry, I I know you're, you know, you're looking and scrambling for things that you can have control over while your professional world is a little bit out of control and in someone else's hands. But I'm just so struck by this character. One, hearing you share of her and two, seeing a little bit of her that you've sent me. Why are you not taking her into the public schools? And, you know, I, it sort of struck me like, duh, but I had had a thought when I first came to Arizona, I had an opportunity to speak at the Agua Fria high school. And, um, I spoke to a teacher's in service using Eunice. And then I, um, I was invited in to do an all school assembly and it was scary the first time I'd ever done that but the but the um the auditorium was jam-packed and I had to really kind of you know take charge to get them honed in but once they were with me which didn't take long you could have heard a pin drop in that auditorium and as a performer, if those of you who are listening, you will know what I'm talking about. There's this, always this awareness uh, as your person, as your, your own self, even while you're playing a role, at least for me, there is, I can separate myself. Hopefully I don't separate myself too much and lose where I'm at in the process or, lo- or, or, you know, lose focus or concentration or go up on a line or whatever. But Um, I was very aware of the response that was happening in this auditorium to this character that I was doing in a public school setting. And I was moved then to come as I came to an end, I wanted to give the audience members an opportunity to respond and I know I couldn't do it in any kind of way necessarily immediately by visiting with them 
So I just challenged the audience to uh, be silent. And I knew that was going to be a chore. But I just said, come, come with me. I sort of double dare you to be silent. And I'm going to walk this space. Um, I'm going to ask you all to put your heads down and close your eyes so you can create some privacy for one another, but I'm going to walk this space. And when I'm in your vicinity, you'll know, I want to give everyone an opportunity to look at me. If you want to look me in the eyes. Um, and, and that look can say any number of things It can say, thanks for coming today. Gosh, you know, you're fun, blah, blah, blah. Hope to see you sometime in Target. Or it could say, wow, you've captured a bit of my life with this character and it's moved me. Or it could even be saying, um, I've got some heavy stuff going on. I'm not that character at all whatsoever, but there's, I could tell that the room was filled with emotion. Well, I'm not kidding you. There were 800 plus students there at least. Um, and it took a little bit, but again, you could have heard a pin drop and I got down on the floor in the aisles and I started in the back row and the, the, the instructions were, if you want to, you don't have to, to look up at me and make eye contact and then, um, lower your heads. And I knew that I had this thing about me. It's like, um, uh, a photographic memory. It's not like it is. I remember studying when I was little and, you know, younger, um, with my mom and, or studying for a test and I'd go sit down and she might be in bed or watching television or something. And I'd sit down, I'd hand her the book and I'd say, you know, hit me with some questions here. And as soon as she would start to do that, I could see the page. So it really kind of sucked in terms of learning how to study because I, I just could see it. Um, I could always see my phone number as a little kid. I just saw things. Um, if I, it was really photographic in the way that I saw them. So I was kind of instinctively trusting on my gut that I, that I would even take these students with me. And mind you, I was in my twenties at the time. So I'm not like, you know, a, a mother figure to them, but I just was mindful. I would take them with me. Well, I was blown away at the numbers. Almost literally everybody looked up at me. And that room, that auditorium stayed quiet out of respect for what was happening. And it made such an impression on me, but I didn't know what to do with it beyond that. I didn't plan on that. I got uh, a phone call the next day from the principal saying our teachers took the students back and we finished out the day because of the assembly schedule in a homeroom situation. But you have um, like 360 some uh, letters here. Do you want me to mail them to you or you want to come by and get them? And it, it, it I went by and got them and it, it did blow me away. But I, I, I was an actress professionally. I was working in a show um, here locally. I was doing television and film and I just didn't know what to do with that. So when Alan said that to me, it was like an appointment 
a divine appointment. And it took Alan to kind of help me focus. And I, I knew when he said that, that I was supposed to be doing that. One, I had that experience all those years ago, but, um, like I want to say it was the nineties, the 1990s that I had, that I, that I spoke at Agua Fria high school. So, um, I had some folks in, uh, the Deer Valley school district that I, that knew me long story short, don't ever believe it when I say that, by the way, but long story short, um, the, I, I, a connection was made with the superintendent and he kind of stuck his neck out because he knew the person, you know, I think this is not typical, but he invited me to come into the principal's monthly meeting. And it's a meeting that they gather high school, uh, middle school and elementary school principals, which I think there were 50 ishy, um, schools at collectively, he invited, invited me in and just said, why don't you present to them and let's just see what happens. And it was this open door and I did. And there again, uh, you could have heard a pin drop and with very few exceptions, there were tears in the eyes of the principals. And I started going, Whoa, what the heck is this? This was a character that just spoke to people, to our humanness. Whether you were uh, a principal of a high school, carrying your own personal luggage and baggage and pain and challenges, or whether you were a high school student who was feeling the pressures of not sure you're enough, or if it was an elementary school student in the throes of people being mean. Anyway, my doors, the door, my phone rang off the hook at the doors swung wide open. And in 2016, it started this, uh, journey of taking Eunice into the public schools in an assembly, uh, on kindness and self-worth. And I never really referred to bullying. I, I know that's a real legit word. I just felt that it had also been uh, maybe a little bit overused and I didn't want that to desensitize people to really what I was talking about. And what I was talking about is how we see one another. And I think how we see one another and from what place we see one another has everything to do with how we, um, treat one another. And bullying is a manifestation of that. Of course, I have some, um, I have some testimonies, I guess I want to read for you. And I just want to be careful that I don't make this about me. And I think if you know me and you know my heart, it's not. Do I love the fact that I had an opportunity to do something that really did and does make a difference? Of course, of course. But unlike any show I might do or any commercial that I might do, I just saw an old commercial uh, I did a couple years ago for Christmas for um, massage envy. And it was a series of five commercials. I'm all dang, I was funny. So this is, you know, 
it's not void of my own, um, ego, but pretty much, um, I really feel that this is so less me, more a God thing. And I just want to read some of the responses. And, and as I mentioned, when I started this conversation out, this came because I got a notification that there were, uh, X amount of likes on the Facebook page. And it just made my heart drop because with the pandemic and the schools being closed, I don't know when that door will ever be open if ever, or when it would be open again. So I was mourning a little bit and it made me go back and look at things. And I knew that I wanted to share Eunice with you, but here's, um, one from a student and, um, I won't use last names. They didn't, it's, you know, for privacy reasons, but dear Mrs. Summers, this is Finnegan. Thank you so much Finnegan was the ASB president of this particular school. Thank you so much for coming to Red Hill to speak about anti-bullying and its causes and effects. You moved many people to tears with Eunice and made others crack up laughing at your comedy. I have had many of my peers tell me that you were great and the best speaker that has come to Red Hill and talked to us. On behalf of the Red Hill 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th grades, I say thank you for your presentation. Have safe travels home and a blessed night. Thank you very much. That was actually a private school. Here's another one. This was um, a school here in the Valley. Hey, Terry, it's me, Jasmine. And I have to say, I know that she did that on purpose because that's how Eunice starts her piece out. Hey, it's me, Eunice. But anyway, she says, hey, it's me, Jasmine. I'm the girl that went up to you at lunch. I just wanted to say thank you for coming to my school and talking with us about bullying and to love each other. I've had multiple assemblies in elementary and middle school of people talking about bullying and what you should do and to always be kind. But this morning when I saw your assembly, I thought it was going to be someone talking about the same things, but I was wrong. This was different. You made me feel like you actually cared about us even though we haven't talked to each other or anything. I've always had a low self-esteem since I was small and I always thought that nobody loved me, even my parents. But when you made a speech about love, it made me think about it more and I thought maybe there's someone that actually loves me and cares about me. I've also been bullied since I was small, had very few friends. I always ate alone at lunch and I also had no one to play with at recess and also struggle with socializing. I don't make friends easily. You really did make me think about the way I look at some things. Anyways, thank you for coming to my school and I won't forget you. Yeah. Well, I got through that without crying, but the powerful impact on my life in that these students I, I, this, this was from a school in Buckeye and they also wrote over 200 letters and I had a thing that day. I felt like I had time to do it. And I, I stayed after each assembly and people stayed and stood in line to hug me and look at me and speak to me. And so the, that's where some of these letters ultimately came from. Um, 
Here's another one. Hi, Miss Summers. I came up to you today with the other two girls to tell you how awesome of a speaker you were. It was one of the best this school has ever had. I want you to know how impactful and real that was to us girls who approached you. You are an outstanding actress and comedian. Your portrayal of the misfit girl Eunice was so real yet entertaining and lighthearted. I will definitely keep you in my prayers and hopes. Once again, I thank you for talking to us today and for being such an amazing person. That also was a high school student from another school. Um, that I, I get notes from parents too. Here's one from a parent. Hello, just want you to know how great it is that my daughter connected to your message today. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for what you're doing for kids. You're such a beautiful person inside and I wanted to personally thank you and tell you God bless. Now these were not religious schools. These were just schools. I truly think God sent you to these kids. And if you save just one, you've done your job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, here's another student also from high school age, I believe. Terry, I am rain and states the school that they're from. You saw me like a few minutes ago. I want to take this opportunity and thank you for your time. You've opened up my heart. I've been bullied for six years and I was pseudo suicidal for the longest time, but I got a lot of help. So this means a lot to me. You made me cry because I know how it's like. I've never met someone as open in it and amazing as you are. Again, thank you, Miss Summers. I hope we can talk sometime. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. <sighs> and I want to say humbly that these letters go on and on. I have a ton from little guys. Um, and they're a hoot. Um, they don't mince words and, uh, they get right to the point, but it has been such an honor for me to go into the schools that I've just had a little sad grief, verklempt feeling that it's a loss, um, for my life anyway, and maybe even others that this, that is a result of this pandemic, um, Here's one more from a teacher. Last week, I had incredible conversations with my students about your assembly. All the students were in complete agreement over how it moved them and influenced them. You have such a gift. Thank you. Um, I, I've been thinking praying, which is part of my thinking process as well. Um, God, what do you want from my life? What do you want from me? How and where can I be used? And I, I don't know that Eunice is over per se, but I, I knew that that was a season and I kept hearing in my spirit for such a time as this, I was in that season. I, um, 
I knew that it wouldn't last forever. I had no idea the pandemic would bring it to an end. But um, I'm knowing how powerful this character has been. I I'm still curious if there's more for her. I'm going to end here with reading something from a social worker um, that was part of coordinating an effort um, for assemblies. And uh, I, I think from a definitely from a district here in Arizona, I'm pretty sure. She writes, so I am just finishing the day with a school leadership meeting all day. I have heard wonderful feedback about this morning, how amazingly gifted you are, how the kids were captivated and moved. So, so powerful. Your influence was felt school-wide as you set the table for deep and meaningful conversations and connections in the classroom. My guess is that you would only hope for these types of interactions. I want you to know that they happened. Last year, I was at a national social emotional innovators conference where we were honored among others across the country for our SEL work. The tagline to the conference was safe, seen, celebrated, in quotes. That is what these kids need. It's what we all need. And you opened the door for a profound and beautiful day. You set the environment for kids to be themselves safe. The end of the time was so powerful where those that wanted could be seen by you. That was so beautiful to watch. And then you celebrated them by thanking them. And we will carry that on. Teachers of the younger grades hearing the feedback knew they missed out on something special. I know you traveled quite a distance and I don't know what your schedule is like, but you are so welcome anytime. Our kids would love to see you. And she signs her name. Um, the line in there that's been rolling around in my head for a handful of days, not this line, but this thought is uh, your influence was felt. Your influence. And I just wonder in these days and in these times what we all can do to um, leave our mark, for lack of a better term, to influence. And what would that influence be? be comprised of and I not to be sappy but to be sincere I really want mine to be of love and I, I don't always do a good job at that um, I, I know that I'm human I'm not excusing it but in my humanity and in my own challenges and um, um, opportunities for growth that I might miss. Um, I may not approach everything in love, but as I had been thinking already, God, what do you want from me? What, what, what do I, in this time while everything is kind of stood still in some ways, 
Um, particularly for me, uh, work-wise, because the industry that I work in, both of them, schools and entertainment, has really uh, taken a, a major shift. Um, what is for me now in the future? And then, then that was followed by this notification, making my thoughts come back to Eunice. And then, um, I went to look at some of the notes that had been sent and it reinforced that as well. So I, I will probably invite Eunice to, um, (laughs) to come to my podcast that you can get the gist of her, but more than that, it's, I'm not advertising her. There's not really a, a, an immediate live venue, um, that she could be a part of. I am rolling around in my head, the possibilities of, of using her, uh, in a different way. But I just wanted to share this gift that I had been given in taking Eunice into the public schools. And I'm, I'm lonely and, and missing that as the school season starts back up and some schools are meeting face to face. And, you know, we're just, uh, surrounding the schools with our heartfelt, uh, hopes and prayers for safety and to resume some form of normal on behalf of our children and our students. Um, I think that's pretty much all I have to say. I will, um, introduce, uh, Eunice maybe further to you another time, but Be thinking of me as I listen with my heart on what's next for me. And I will be thinking of you, all of the yous out there. Have a great day and share this episode if you wouldn't mind. Like it, subscribe, rate, and comment. Come on, y'all. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) Bye.